K-A-L-W. Back and forth with Patrick Beverly. I'm Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant plays forward for the Golden State Warriors. You know who I am. He's really tall. I know who I am. He's also one of the best basketball players ever. But it's been kind of a frustrating season. His teammate, Draymond Green, called him a bitch on the court. There have been constant rumors he's going to play for another team next year. More significant, one of his best friends growing up was recently shot and killed. But Kevin Durant is also resilient. So after a bad playoff game that led to a loss, he reminded the media and then his opponent who he is. Durant first shot is Durant goes again. Durant is now three for three. Tough turnaround for KD. Durant knocks oh. another one down. He has not missed. Durant six. He steps around Beverly and puts it up and in. KD the follow. He did it again. That's Kevin Durant. And just like that, the team was back on track, competing for its third straight title. This is Bounce. I'm Ben Trefney, and we're tracking the Warriors' final season in Oakland. Today, we're going to tell the story of half a century of trials and tribulations through archival sound, music, and the stories of a long, long-time fan. When they won their first championship, I was a senior in high school. Now, I'm a senior citizen. That's coming up, but first, let's return to the current team, the betting favorites to win the NBA championship. It sure doesn't make them everybody's favorites. Villains? They're calling us villains. That's absurd. That's the voice of Kevin Durant. Not really. It's a cartoon Kevin Durant from a video the sports site Bleacher Report made a few years back mocking the Warriors' embarrassment of talent. It's set in a haunted castle with an evil Stephen Curry leading the players in a gleefully wicked song. Well, we are a super team. All the best players here to crush your dreams. I don't have enough fingers for all these rings. We're going to win. <laughs> well, we are a super team. Winning all the games and destroying the league. And if you think that's a sin, here's the smallest violin. Yeah, the supervillains have added two championship rings since that video dropped. And that was before they added yet another superstar. I'm a warrior. When you heard that Boogie Cousins was joining a team that already had four guys that were all-stars last year, now making it five in the starting lineup, what was your reaction? Laughter. They're able to add maybe the most talented center in the NBA for next to no money. The reaction has been overreaction, especially from fans that aren't from the Bay Area saying that you do this, you're just ruining the NBA. But I believe that this team, being as good as it is, takes a little bit of the fun away from it. For me, that's that's as far as I'm willing to, as far as I'm trying. Imagine being a Warriors fan, though. Durant running the point. All five guys on the floor can pass, including this guy. Cousins up high for the throwdown. This version of the Golden State Warriors is historically good but it's just the latest iteration. During the team's half century plus in the Bay Area, there have been lots of other stars, more than a few scrubs, and a fan base that's been with them practically no matter what. Bo Walsh has more. I grew up hearing stories about past Warriors from my old basketball coach, Keith Burroughs. He grew up in San Francisco and remembers going to his first game like it was yesterday. I was 10 or 11, and the game was played at the Cow Palace. You can listen to this crowd in the Cow Palace. They are beginning to go wild. The NBA has changed quite a bit since when Keith was a kid, 
From 1965 to 1970, the league fluctuated from 9 to 15 teams, a far cry from the 30 franchises that exist today. As former Warriors beat reporter Art Spander recalls, It was a Bush league. It was a, a minor league. And you had a few great players. The East and West All-Stars meet for the 17th year in San Francisco. The Warriors actually had the biggest star of them all, Wilt Chamberlain, a.k.a. the Big Dipper. He stood 7 foot 1 and weighed 275 pounds. He was easily the most physically dominant player of his era. Shot over to Chamberlain. Big Wilt getting it. Makes the bucket. Just beautiful. When Chamberlain and the Warriors arrived in San Francisco in 1962, he was fresh off of scoring 100 points in a single game, a record that remains untouched in pro basketball. But with the Warriors crowds averaging less than 5,000 people a game, Wilt didn't stick around San Francisco for long. Wilt Chamberlain is on the Warriors, but Frank Lamilli can't afford to pay him. But Chamberlain has the rebound, and he dunks it. The Warriors end up trading Will Chamberlain right before anybody knew Will Chamberlain here on the West Coast. But Chamberlain, the Big Dipper, makes the big difference. He was scoring 50 points a night, and the Warriors were not winning. And so they traded him to Philadelphia, where he had played high school ball and where he played for the Warriors. You know, in Philly, there was basketball fans, and here there weren't. 1965 was the year that the San Francisco Warriors traded away Wilt Chamberlain. It was also the year that they would draft the player that would be next in line to take the reins of the franchise. His name was Rick Barry. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. What a superb basketball player he is. Up he goes and in it goes. Oh, what a ball player he was. He could pass, he could shoot. He, he could do anything. Once more, it's a sensational Barry with his unstoppable jump shot. He just refuses to be stopped. I wore number 24 like Rick and had the wristbands like Rick. As Rick Barry puts the chewing gum in his mouth, he's ready to go to work. Quickest hands in the West. He'll take his first shot coming out of the locker room. The sharpshooting forward nicknamed the Miami Greyhound would average 25 points and 10 rebounds in his first season while winning the NBA's Rookie of the Year award. I was really very happy when I found out that I was drafted by the Warriors, and this may sound a little silly because the Warriors just finished the worst season in the history of the NBA. They only won 17 out of 80 games. So I recognized the fact that I would have an opportunity to play a lot of basketball for the Warriors if I showed that I had the ability to the coach and the players. Barry making a move. He wants it in the worst way to tie this game. Here he comes. Barry used to have that jumper that was like <laughs> all in did all in clockwork. Release, turn. Oh, there's Rick now this time. Yeah, Nothing but net, boom, crowd, erupts. He doesn't touch anything when he's on the money with these shots. Paired with rising star Nate Thurmond in the middle, the future was looking bright. Now Barry uses Thurmond for a screen, and Thurmond rebounds for the Warriors. And I think with the talent that we have right now on the San Francisco Warriors, that we all feel that eventually we're going to have a championship team here in San Francisco. But in 1967, shortly after joining the Warriors, Barry left the team to play for the Oakland Oaks and the upstart American Basketball Association. There was more money to be made in the ABA. 
but he returned to the Warriors in 1972. They always save Rick Barry for last, and then you can listen and see as this crowd explodes one more time out here in Oakland. Now that year, the Warriors made that big trade. They traded Nate Thurman. Oh my God, Nate Thurman? The Warriors not gonna win a game. And um, nobody thought the Warriors would make the playoffs. But they had other key players, like Rookie of the Year, Jamal Wilkes. So smooth, he was known as Silk. Wilkes, I'll try to stay with the rookie, is he smooth? Coached by hard-nosed former Warrior player Al Adels, they surprised everybody. An unbelievable story. A team that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs. Here they are, battling in the seventh game, trying to beat the Chicago Bulls to take on Washington. And out they come. Standing in the way of a championship was the Washington Bullets, who boasted the best record in the NBA that season. Now the Warriors have got their work cut out just as they have all season long. I can remember going back there covering them, and they were in the headlines in the Baltimore and the Washington papers, Warriors' worst team ever to get to the finals. Never want to count these kids out. No, you don't. After winning the first game on the road, the series headed back to the Bay Area but they couldn't play the games in Oakland where they were supposed to. Nobody think the Warriors was going anywhere. They had already booked the Coliseum for it, the ice capades. So the games had to be played at the Warriors' old stomping grounds, the Cow Palace. And perhaps you are wondering, why are we playing in San Francisco and not Oakland? Well, because no one believed in that team right there. The arena in Oakland is being used for an ice show. No one expected this team to get to the championship. They come to the Cow Palace and they win both those games. Now they're up three games and none. And they're not going to lose four in a row. They go back to Maryland. And swept the Washington Bullets. What a story this has been. Underdogs all the way. They have beaten the Washington Bullets in an incredible four straight. This has been such a fantasy year. I mean, the way we started out is supposed to be also ran, so we battle and scratch and fight our way to become the world champions. It's, it's a fitting climax, I think, for one of the most unique teams in pro basketball history. After their championship run in 1975, the Warriors' following began to grow. Since that point, I think the Warriors then created a fan base. They had a parade and everything, and, and the fans really picked up. The Warriors are back. You yep. couldn't give tickets away for this franchise when this season started. Now it's the hottest property in San Francisco and Oakland. All the way from 70s, maybe 74, 75, from there on. Any Warrior game I can go to, I would go. They are literally jammed to the rafters here in the Oakland Coliseum to watch this one. But the Warriors wouldn't stay at the top for long. So the reign of the champion has ended here in Oakland, California today. The team kind of faltered after that, after that 76 season. Golden State throws the ball away again. Al Adels is up. Disgusted look on his face. What's happened to his team? Through the 80s, the Warriors were a team trying to find their way. They would occasionally make the playoffs, but never get very far. The intensity of the NBA playoffs continues to build. Which team will advance? The question about to be answered. Warriors get to the playoffs, oh yeah, they get to the playoffs, but they get knocked out in the first round. Then they won't get in the playoffs the next two or three seasons. 
Welcome to CBS Sports coverage of the 1987 playoffs. Today, it's first round... Then in 1988, Coach Don Nelson arrived and immediately introduced the Bay Area to a new brand of basketball. Oh, man, the running gun. Nelson's high-powered offense had two objectives, score fast and score a lot. It was built around a trio of players who were taking the NBA by storm. Run TMZ, Chris Mullen, Mitch Richmond, Timmy Hardaway. Man. More excited about basketball in the Bay Area than they've been since the late 70s. How about Chris Mullen? Is this guy putting on a show? Chris Mullins wore number 17, crafty, and can shoot the lights out. With his signature flat top, the forward from Brooklyn was a fan favorite and would go on to be an NBA Hall of Famer. Behind the back to Hardaway, what a pass! Hardaway lays it up and in! Unbelievable! Yeah, great play. Tim Hardaway was true ball. Hardaway backs off on top. Oh, oh, he exploded and goes! A lightning quick point guard from Chicago who played college ball in El Paso, Hardaway embarrassed defenders nightly with his patented move, the UTEP two-step. It would come to be known to the world as the killer crossover. Here's the killer crossover by Hardaway. Welcome the crossover, to the a killer crossover. Look at that crossover. My, my, my. That's the clinic on the crossover right there. Miss Richmond was a rock. There's another one. Great player. 86 Philly. Richmond using his muscle. He does it again. The future Hall of Famer from Kansas State was the NBA's Rookie of the Year in 1989. I mean, they were really uh, showtime. It was really fascinating watching those guys play. It got the entire Warriors bench on its feet. And the Warriors lead it 79-67. They were filling the seats, but they weren't competing for championships. So in 1991, Don Nelson broke up run TMC when he traded Richmond to Sacramento. Former Golden State Warrior Mitch Richmond knows this building knocks down that 19-foot jump. The Warriors lost in the first round of the playoffs again that season. And Hardaway and Mullen started selling hamburgers for McDonald's. These two powerful Warrior teammates only disagree on one thing. McDonald's new Chris and Tim Burger. Tim and Chris Burger. Chris and Tim Burger. They had, they, had a, they had a nice team, but they was missing something. Then, at the 1993 NBA draft, something came. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. Orlando has traded the draft rights to Chris Webber to Golden State. Rejected by Chris Webber. Did you see the yell he let out after he blocked that one? You think Chris Webber isn't wild? Power forward from the University of Michigan was the top player in college basketball, and he could do it all. 6'10", 6'11", that can handle the ball, push the ball to the floor, rebound, score at great hands. You see the great behind-the-back pass by Chris Webber. For that one player, the Warriors wagered their entire future. Anthony Hardaway and three future first-round draft picks. A steep price, and at first, Weber seemed worth it. He had a great rookie season, just what the Warriors needed. Oh, what a jam by Weber! He won the NBA's Rookie of the Year on a Warriors team that featured another rising star in guard Latrell Sprewell. And I noticed that the fan base was really getting much bigger 
And I remember now, thinking back, seeing a lot of kids winning Weber and Spreewell jerseys. Weber was supposed to be the future of the franchise, but he and Coach Nelson couldn't see eye to eye. Nelson had a uh, reputation of being hard on rookies, and he just picked a wrong player to be hard on. So after one season, Weber was traded to the Washington Bullets, and the high price of betting its future on one man would cost the Warriors for a decade. Three future first-round draft picks. Which will be exercised at the earliest in the years 1996, 1998, and 2000. Don Nelson left the following year, and things got bleak for the Golden State Warriors. Mullen and Hardaway were aging and battling injuries, and by 1997, both had been traded. So the team was left in the hands of all-star Latrell Spreewell. Uh-oh, something like that sometimes can get, can get him going. But he didn't get on with new coach P.J. Carlissimo. So much so, he grabbed him and choked him out of practice. Latrell Spreewell is on suspension for attacking Golden State Warriors coach P.J. Carlissimo. Spreewell was gone, and it would be 15 years before the Warriors would have another all-star. For the first time in nearly a decade, attendance numbers actually dropped. The Warriors were in the wilderness. Good effort by the Warriors in coming back, but that will not do it for Dave Collins. It's another Golden State loss, 105-100. But something funny happened. The fans returned. Joe Smith trying to pump up the Warriors. The Warriors didn't make the playoffs for 12 straight seasons, but even with rosters full of disappointing draft picks and bad contracts, the team started selling out games again. We're seeing Todd Fuller, we're seeing Adama Foyle, we're seeing Tony Delk, and we see Tracy Murray with a... I attended a lot of games because I love the game, regardless of how others felt about basketball. I was there at most of those games. Back and down, spin move, nice move by Eric Dampier of the Golden State Warriors, and the crowd here appreciates it. Thank you and welcome everyone to Oracle Arena in Oakland, California, and you have the definition of a raucous crowd. The first home playoff game in 13 years. The year was 2007. Don Nelson was back coaching the Warriors, and he assembled a team of undersized veteran misfits that snuck into the playoffs on the final day of the season. Richardson sets his feet for three. They were matched up against the Dallas Mavericks, who had the best record in the NBA that year. The fans have been ready. About an hour before the game, they started their Let's Go Warriors chants. They even did it through part of the national anthem. The team slogan was We Believe. Warriors Faithful made Oracle one of the loudest arenas in the NBA, and the team rewarded those fans. The Golden State Warriors have pulled off the greatest upset in the history of the NBA playoffs. In the next series, point guard Baron Davis authored one of the most electric moments in team history. Baron it down on Karolinko's head. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? Uh, we celebrated that night. We had a great night. You know, it was fun for the city of Oakland and, and for our team and our franchise. And, you know, after that, and, you know, it was back to business. Business broke up the We Believe Warriors as Baron Davis left in free agency and the team dissolved after the following season. There was always hope. There was always uh, light at the end of the tunnel. There was always thinking that the Warriors was going to get better and they was going to get a key player. Commissioner David Stern has the card for a team that used 47 different starting lineups. Here's the commissioner. 
with the seventh pick in the 2009 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select Stephen Curry from Davidson College. It was all made up when uh, Steph Curry came into the picture. In the draft. The Warriors knew they found something special with the sharpshooting baby faced guard. Is he feeling it? Yes. There it is! He played well right away, but he kept getting injured. Ankle coming out of the pack. And Curry hurt himself. Curry shaking up on the play. He's had ankle injuries throughout his career. While Curry was struggling to stay healthy, other pieces were beginning to fall in place. The Golden State Warriors select Clay Thompson from Washington State University. Warriors are having fun. Clay for three. And then, like Run TMC before them, a new trio formed. The Golden State Warriors select Draymond Green. After years of nobody in the NBA wanting to be on the Warriors, now players were starting to come here. Good players, too. Way off. Here come the Warriors. Iguodala rushing at Bogut. Blocked by Bogut. Livingston sees an opening and throws it down. Wow. Oh, the crossover by Durant takes to the rim. What a move by Kevin Durant. The last missing piece was a rookie coach with connections to NBA royalty. Michael in traffic to Kerr. 15-footer. With Steve Kerr leading the talented team, the Golden State Warriors started their run of historic success. Forty years, man. Forty years. I mean, like I said, when they won their first championship, I was a senior in high school. Now, I'm a senior citizen. And the dream season is now complete. The Golden State Warriors are the 2015 NBA champions. Their first title in 40 years. And how sweet it must be for those crazy loyal Bay Area fans. Man, I mean, the first one, it's all, all good. I mean, it was great. I mean, wow. Um, about time. I mean, it's like I had to pinch myself, right? Finally. It's official number 73. The greatest regular season in NBA history now belongs to the 2016 Golden State Warriors. They won 73 games. That was unbelievable. That was surreal, too. Yeah, I never, it didn't seem like it was, is this our Warrior team? I mean, we're talking about history now. It's unbelievable, unreal, what they're doing now. There's the buzzer. There's a new dynasty in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors champions once again, back-to-back -back titles, three in four years. But now it's kind of gotten kind of old. Now we kind of spoiled now, right? I mean, three championships in four seasons. That was, been, was unheard of for us Warrior fans, you know? Welcome to the White House, everybody. Uh, give it up for the NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. Celebration tonight here in Oakland. I'm, I'm like, like a distant cousin. I'm, I mean, I'm like related to the Warriors, you know? 
And yeah, I feel like it's, it's Warriors are part of my family. I can say that. Yeah, I don't I don't miss a game. And your Golden State Warriors. That piece was produced by Bo Walsh. The extraordinary success of the Golden State Warriors has come with a cost, and it's pretty literal. Yeah. Next week on Bounce. I just don't go to any games. Yeah, they aced uh, the, the real fans out. I mean, who can afford to go to a, a game, and who wants to sit up there in the nosebleed section? We'll look into the escalating ticket prices and how next season's move from Oakland to San Francisco will impact the team's most emotionally invested fans. Yeah, we belong to Oakland. That's why I hate to go to San Francisco. It hurt me so bad because I'm not going to go to not one time and go watch the game in Frisco. Will the Warriors faithful stay when the team crosses the bay? We'll hear more next week on Bounce. Thanks for listening to our series. New episodes are released every Wednesday through the end of the season. Don't miss one. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate and review us. This podcast is a production of KALW Public Radio. Our theme music was made by Daoud Anthony. Artwork is by David Boyer with Illuminaries. Our team includes Shireen Adel, Tarek Foda, and James Rollins. I'm Ben Trefney. Locked in. Taking the playoffs, especially a team who got nothing to lose. I know y'all want to talk to me for the rest of the the day because I got so much knowledge, but I got to go.